You're listening to the Side Hustle Gal podcast with your hosts, Danny Fountain and Caitlin Allen. Hello and welcome back to the Side Hustle Gal podcast. So this isn't going to be the last episode of the season, but it's the last episode that we are recording back in May while we're working on these. Um, And so Caitlin and I are equal parts psyched and sad. I'm psyched because this is my favorite person ever that we're talking to today. So it's going to be so good. Um, so who are we talking to? We are talking to Mo Spear of Mo Spear Photography. Um, I met Mo because of my boyfriend Maddox and within like a month of meeting her, he accused me of stealing all of his friends because I talked to Mo more than he talks to Mo now and it's really great. So, <laughs> Mo, do you want to tell us a little bit about your own business and what you do for a full-time job and like just what the heck is going on in your life? Yeah, um, so my name is Mo. Um, I started my photography business um, way back in 2017 in Decorah, Iowa. Um, if you don't know Decorah, Iowa, which no one ever really does, um, it's in the northeast corner of Iowa. And it's a very, very small town. Um, I started my photography then thinking it would just ever, always ever be a hobby. Um, so I worked at a Norwegian museum while I started to learn how to take photographs. Um, and there I did social media, I did their video, I did their photo, um, and it was a blast. Um, and then as life happens, you know, life, life happened, um, went through a breakup and decided to move to Madison, Wisconsin. Um, so that was about a month ago. Um, and now I'm here trying to start it all back up again. And it's not easy, but you know, <laughs> you just gotta keep trying along. <laughs> Yes, dealing with big life changes, especially as a like somebody who runs their own business on the side is so difficult as I'm sure both Danny, I know Danny and I can relate because we've talked about it, but how not to get into like weird details or anything, but like how has that transition been authentically? Yeah, um I think I can't speak to all business owners. Um, but I know as a, like a creative person, I mean, mo- a lot of businesses are creatives, but as a solely creative person, photography being very creative, um, you know, you go through emotional changes and I think the emotional changes definitely affect how you run your business. Um, especially like heartbreak, you know, like that kind of stuff, not to get too mushy gushy, but you know, you experience something like that, like it, it shakes your world and also just like your career, um, which is why I think some people don't understand like how hard it is for some creatives because you know you go through these like emotional changes your grandma dies or you know your brother gets sick or stuff like that and all of a sudden like your business is suffering you know um and I think that's something that we don't get a lot of credit for is like chugging through when like things get hard in life you know usually if you're a full-time person I mean those life things get in the way but you can go to your job and then shut off and go home and you know let it all out whereas you're a creative, you're constantly communicating with the people that you're working with or for. Um, and I think those, those like emotions, like sometimes they just shut off all the creative juices in you. And I've definitely had to go through that a little bit. Um, moving, breaking up, you know, like trying to start new, like all that is just like emotionally draining and creativity requires a lot of emotion. So I think having to bounce back, I mean, finally like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, yeah, it definitely like takes away from your job more than you think it's going to. Um, yeah, I can I can actually relate to that. Uh, today, I found out that my mom has stage four kidney disease, and I've powered through all of these episodes. 
crying in between them, but trying to figure out my life right now. So I can relate on such an emotional level that you guys have no idea. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. That sounds, yeah. Oh, we just have to keep going, right? I mean, there's nothing else we can do. Like, it's our, it's our livelihood. It's, it's our, you know, it's our income. It sucks, but you know, it's what we love to do too, is what's the hardest thing is not just what makes us money. It's like, what we want to show up and do every day. Um, and so it makes us happy too. We have to just power through the, the bad crap to do it. I think it's also challenging because if you have just a full-time job, um, you have sick days and you have vacation days and you can take those sick days when you're sick and you can take those vacation days when you want to go on vacation. But when you have a side hustle, those sick and vacation days become like days that you run your side hustle full time. So like I'm taking PTO from Google to go speak at a conference for four days. Um, I'm assuming you had to take PTO from Trek to go to Oregon with Camp Climb. Like the days off that we get aren't days off that we get. And so it ends up when you're a side hustler, like you just don't get days off. No. Um, so I recently broke my arm. Um, I risk playing soccer. Um, and, you know, for someone who works at a, you know, a day job, you can take off for surgery, you can take off, you know, you're going to get some time off just for being injured and not being able to do your job. But, you know, here I am being like, okay, so how am I going to shoot that next wedding? Um, can I do it in a cast? You know, I'm gonna have to have that conversation with my doctor and be like, listen, like, this is I gotta, I gotta show up, you know, so how can I show up and do my job? Um, there's really no way around it. You know, like you can't just be like, Hey, sorry to my couple, like not going to be there that day and broke my wrist, you know? So I think that's really hard too, is like, yeah, I can't, I can't clock in and out. You know, I can't clock out of, out of my job. I just, I have to show up for the people who are expecting it of me. So. Yeah, definitely. How have you, especially knowing that you're shooting weddings, which are an obnoxious amount of time, how do you balance all of all of this it's it's exhausting um but in a good way um when wedding season comes around it's it's almost like I just expect not to have like a weekend you know and people are like oh like what are you doing on Saturday let's go do something I'm like I'm working you know like I'm working on Saturday I work Saturday and then I'll probably work Sunday um but I think weddings are something to look forward to so they're still fun for me even though they are a work day um but yeah, it, it does, it takes a few days to recover from weddings too. So not only am I working on entire day Saturday usually or Sunday wedding, um, but then I'm trying to recover while also working a full-time job. <laughs> so it does become kind of like a, a time suck and, you know, it's exhausting. You, you really have to take care of yourself. And I want to back up too, because you said you started your business in 2017. And if my brain is functioning correctly, in 2017, you were a senior at Luther you were playing soccer and you were running a business. Like, so I did that same juggle, but I'd love to know what that juggle was like for you. Yeah. And I, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have described it as running my own business when I was a senior in college, just because I was taking just, you know, I was a photographer, but I don't think it was as rigorous as it is now, which doesn't mean it wasn't a business, but um, I would take on like graduation photos, um, some local local stuff that people needed done um 
and that was just kind of for like extra pocket money, you know, and it's always fun that way because you don't really feel like a lot of pressure. Um, I graduated and I stayed stuck around into um, in Decora, and that's when I kind of started actually like referring to myself as starting a business. Um, so yeah, it definitely was hard when I was at school, but it felt like more of like, I can do it when I have time. Um, and then when I graduated, it was, I was second shooting weddings and that started to feel like I was actually, um, yeah, running a business kind of thing. Um, but I'd say 2018 was when I like took it on, like full, full took it on. And then I was still, I still had a full-time job then. So, so I want to talk about Camp Climb for a hot sec. You, um, you met the Camp Climb girls because, and I keep saying like Camp Climb, Emma's more than Camp Climb. <laughs> um, but you went to Portland, Oregon, and that was earlier this year, 2019. So arguably like at the start of your second real year of business using your own logic, you invested in yourself. Um, and I remember like you texted me around the time that you decided to go. And this was like three quarters of the way through your first year of business. And you were like, well, I decided to do a thing. <laughs> I decided to invest and spend a lot of money to go do this thing. Um, talk about like what it was like to make that decision to invest like big money mm -hmm. in taking a trip to better your business, to build community. What made you make that decision? Did it pay off? And what advice would you give to like other side hustlers who are new to business who haven't invested in themselves yet? Yeah. Um, so I've done this twice now. Um, the first time was very not good for my business. Um, so, you know, there is danger. Yep. There is danger in um, doing these kinds of things, especially um, when you pick the wrong kind of people to go with. Um, so I did a photography retreat in 2018, summer of 2018. Um, and it ended up being, I met a lot of great people through it, um, but it was hosted very poorly. Um, so I got some great photos, <laughs> you know, it was fun. I met a lot of great other photographers. Um, but in the end, I felt like I didn't really invest that much into myself. Um, so, you know, trying again is always terrifying. <laughs> you know, you paid all this money to go to something and it didn't pay off. Um, you know, and that's, a lot of money out of my pocket that I could have used for other things, um, investing in tech new technology for my business or, you know, something else, um, rent, even food on my table. You know what I mean? Like those things, like there, you can't really take them lightly when you're a side hustle because, you know, you need to pay bills and pay for your meals. Um, so I think this, this step with Camp Climb and Emma, um, that was a huge one for me because it meant, you know, like trying again. Um, and taking that leap again where it didn't pay off last time. Um, but thanks to Danny, you know, cred to Danny. Um, yeah, I, it was incredible. I mean, I think not only did I meet some incredible people who were all, you know, Iowa Midwest based, most of all of them. Um, but it really actually paid off, um, like for myself. Um, we did a lot of great things that helped my business. I was kind of in a weird place where I just gone through a breakup. And so, Honestly, it was more of like an emotional investment for me at that point. Whereas when I booked it, I didn't think it was going to be. <laughs> um, but the stuff that we talked about and that we did, I still am like processing. You know, it takes a really long time. Um, basically, I'm saying that the second time paid off a lot. <laughs> um, and so I'm to anyone who's, you know, I think 
knowing what a bad workshop and knowing what a bad experience was really like made me grateful for the experience with Emma because I just, I knew how powerful and incredible that was and I didn't take anything for granted. Um, I don't regret going on that first retreat at all. Um, and I think everyone should try, you know, if you don't get anything from it, at least you make all these connections. Um, I have friends now all over the US because of them. Um, people that like care about each other and care about how each other do. Um, so yeah, I think anyone who's considering it, especially if you're considering Camp Climb, um, they should do it. I can totally relate. I spent a bunch of money on a conference that was not worth it and let me down 120%. So, and I'm talking like lots of money. <laughs> and the um, other, like the other bad thing is like she invested in this conference because myself and others had like spoke at it previously and knew how great and good it was. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. You can just, you can get, I don't know. Some people lead things with the intention of money, you know, and not or just lead and then just don't really know how to bring people together. And gosh, Emma is so good at that. <laughs> so totally different. It was totally different, but yeah, I, I think especially workshops, um, make sure you have like someone who's gone to them, I think before it helps, um, or at least someone who can vouch for them. Um, don't go throwing your money at anyone. Uh, but I did a lot of research into, you know, talked to Danny about Camp Climb and knew it had a good reputation. And so I think that helped me make that, that second leap and do that workshop. Um, it's always scary putting yourself out there and, you know, just flying to Oregon just to hang out with 10 other girls or nine other girls and women and just hang out in a cabin for four days. And, you know, it's just like a, it's a weird thing. People look at you funny too when you say that, like, hey, I'm just going to go to Oregon with a bunch of women I don't know. Um, but now we're all really good friends. So I think in the end it paid off. So. I think that's a really good thing. Like, yes, I made a really bad investment in my business, but I think all business owners make bad investments. And still at the end of the day, you come out with relationships and knowledge of okay that didn't work out the way I planned it but now I know for the future so I think that's failing almost makes it like a better lesson you know I've always yep. I was a I played soccer in college so like every time you fail you know you learn more you learn if you have a loss you're gonna learn more from that loss than you are from any win um so I think in business too like when you lose when you fail like you're gonna learn so many lessons from that then when you just keep succeeding and succeeding and succeeding so so I'm super curious, you take beautiful photos and when you're posting them on Instagram, if there are products in there or clothes or garments or like travel places in there, you'll tag them. Um, and you, like, you haven't been specifically contracted to create sponsored content. Um, talk about that strategy. Cause I think people are scared to like go ham on the tagging if they're not like intentionally creating sponsored content. Mm -hmm. um, so talk about your strategy and like what it's done for your business doing that. Started off as kind of a joke, <laughs> you know, like, oh, Patagonia, you know, like sponsor me kind of thing. Um, you know, everyone, all the dream, you know, your dream is just to like work for Patagonia and model their clothes or whatever. But um, started off as kind of a joke, but then I realized like, you know, you're tagging these companies and they see that and, um, Y'all Raven, actually, I tagged them in a bunch of backpack posts because I they're my favorite backpack in the world. Um, so I always use it. It's probably in almost every Instagram photo I post. Um, 
but yeah, they reposted something of mine, you know, and then the people that see that are the kind of people that I want to work with or that I like have the same qualities as, um, I'm a big adventurer, big, you know, I love hiking. I love camping. I love biking. Um, so tagging those products, you actually get those crowds of people on social media. Um, so you're basically like catering your social media feed to the people that you know, or will actually be interested. You know, you don't want someone who's just gonna like follow you and unfollow you. And um, you want your people in your social media corner, basically. Um, so I think tagging companies like that, I mean, don't go tagging something that doesn't have anything to do with your personal brand. Um, but when you do tag something that's related to your personal brand, yeah, you just, you get that crowd of people that are your people. So that's kind of, that was kind of the intention that I put into it when I do tag people or products or companies in mind. So what was your inspiration when you first started the photography business? Um, <laughs> so that's a good question. Um, when I was in college, um, we had a January term study abroad um, and I was going to go to Europe. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go to Europe. I want a nice camera. Um, so that's when I invested in my first camera. Um, and I thought it was really cool then to I thought I was a photographer, you know, I was like on auto mode, snapping photos. And I was like, yeah, I'm a photographer. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. That's where everyone starts, but, um, definitely gotten a lot better since then and a better camera. But I think it was just the curiosity of taking photos, um, and capturing memories. Cause I knew that, well, I didn't know, I assumed I wasn't going to be going back to Europe all the time. Um, so having those memories was really important to me. Um, and I think that's, what photography is, is having memories that probably aren't going to ever happen again. Um, I just, I think I just figured out that like, I was kind of good at it and I really, really liked it and it made me happy. Um, and so I just kind of kept doing it. Um, and then people started paying me for it and I was like, y'all are crazy, but okay, let's do this. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, it just took off. Um, it was something that was mine too. None of, no one in my family had ever done it. You know, it was, none of my friends really did it. It was something that I could call my own, um, and take and do. So yeah, it's, I'm surprised how far it's come since I started looking back. I wouldn't have never expected that I would have been a photographer or trying to be a photographer. So, uh, yeah. I think though you've had the opportunity to capture some really pivotal moments in people's lives graduation, final soccer game of their senior year of college. Even like Maddox and I, I think you took photos of us a month into us dating. Yeah. And I can look back at those photos now over a year later and be like, damn, like we've grown so much. Like you, you just have a really good knack for capturing moments in time and not in the cliche, a photo is a moment of time way. But, like, you know how to find the emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a skill in and of itself beyond understanding that auto mode is not the be-all, end-all. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and it's hard, too, I think, because, like, you know, as photographers, there's, there's so many of us, especially nowadays. And, you know, you always just doubt yourself because it's not all technical. It's a lot of it is, like, just, you know, being a good person to, like, your clients. Um, so there's so much that goes into it and it's, yeah, it's, it's a hard science because you're just, it's an art, but it's a science. You, you've got to get down all the technical stuff, but you also just have to be a good person to make people feel, people feel comfortable around you, you know? So the real question here, Nikon, Canon, or other? 
Oh, I, I'm all for brand loyalty. Um, I shoot Canon. Um, I've had my eye on, I have, I've had my eye on a Sony. Um, the problem with Canon is video, whereas Sony has better video. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to rat out Canon. Like I love my Canon. I've had Canon. I think it's all what, like where you start, like what first camera you get, you just kind of stick with that path. Um, but I'm not going to stick with Canon forever just because it's Canon. Um, yeah, I've definitely had my eye on a Sony a7 III. So we'll see how, we'll see how, how my next uh, paycheck works out. <laughs> I think I'm just so bitter that I can't switch my lenses around. <laughs> like when, once you get on, once you get on one platform and you have all the lenses, yeah. it's hard to get off. Like I have all of these Nikon lenses and I'm going to stay with Nikon, but yeah. but yeah, what you start with is what you're going to, you're gonna stick with yeah I think so too and it's it is hard you can get like converters for your lenses but it's like well that's another three hundred dollars so yeah it's I think brand loyalty is real but I I think there's a lot of good options out there especially for beginners so we're gonna start to wrap up here but I've got to ask on a scale of one to ten how weird would you say you are oh me oh I want to, I want to answer, but then I want to also hear your answer. <laughs> um, like at my best, a nine <laughs> at like my average, probably like a four or five. <laughs> oh, please. You were a nine all day, every day. <laughs> and it's so funny because literally everyone we've interviewed this season has been north of eight. Like, I think good people. Yeah, I think it's just like entrepreneurs in general. Like you have to be like a little weird to survive. Just no, you have to be a masochist to be an entrepreneur is what it is. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us where we can hang out with you on the internet. Tell us like, just tell us how to be your friend. Yeah. Um, so you can visit my website, which is mspearphoto.com. Um, if you really love Instagram, I'm at most beer or at most beer photography. Um, and that's, that's about it. Um, I don't post a lot on my photo page right now because life is nuts. And sometimes you just have to live instead of posting on Instagram, but I do post. So, you know, if you really, really want to, you can follow along there, but, um, not a big Facebook person, but yeah, follow, follow along at most beer for my personal life which is a nine on the weirdness scale, apparently. (laughs) I mean, hey, it also just speaks to your generation that you're not a Facebook person, so I'm just not even going to shade you for that one. Yeah, I know. I just can't. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Wait, you're in my generation. I think, no. No. How old are you? 24. Barely 24. Um, you're like, yeah, I'm going to say you're almost <laughs> the end. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think we're, well, we're all millennials here. No, we are all millennials here. I think she's Gen Z or whatever the fuck comes after I'm, millennials. I'm like a year in millennials, but like depending on who, where you look. I don't know. Like, where okay. You look, sometimes they put 95 in millennials, sometimes they put 95 in after whatever you believe in. <laughs> Well, thanks for hanging out. We will continue the debate of whether or not you're a millennial when we post your episode. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the audience, you can weigh in. (laughs) Yeah.
Yeah, tell me what I am. I, I feel like I'm lost. Between the two. 